Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Puck Talk Live podcast. My name is Logan Rosengard. With me on the call, as always, we got Rafi Sarafi and we got Noah Foster. How are you guys doing tonight? I think it's hilarious that your intro just gets faster and faster every time we record this show. It's just like, soon, like, I don't know, our 150 episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Puck Talk Live podcast. My name is Logan Rosengard. You're like, it's like you okay, guys, okay, okay. We get it. We get we, it. We know it's on the show. By the time we get that far, by the time we get that far, you're not going to be able to hear them so fast. <laughs> It's like, yeah, 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 okay, we get it. Let's skip 10 oh, seconds wait, let me ahead. Do it. Let, let me do it real quick. Let me do it again. Okay. No? What? Yeah, sure, you can. <laughs> I, I did it. Oh, okay. It's just so fast, we didn't even hear it. That was the punchline. Right. Oh, like, yeah, that's I did right. it. Well, right, I must, Rafi, I must be. Tonight? <laughs> Calculus, not fun. No? Imagine taking a math class. Yeah, it couldn't be us. No. Aim it just... <laughs> couldn't be me. Future, future engineers, by the way. Don't need to take a math class. Yeah, who needs it? Whatever. I don't need to take a math class. Well, if we're going to be hockey Logan's, analysts in the Logan's future, never gonna this take takes off. Math class in his, that was, uh, Logan's not taking our math class for the rest of his life. I, 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 math is maybe the least, like, essential Set. skill. Like, yeah. there are 10. Uh, I guess. How do you think like Corpy's calculated? There are 15 other or things Corsi. ahead of math that are way more important to literally every other. To, to do literally I be that like, guy and tell lift. you to name those 15 guys? <laughs> I, Please don't. I don't want to hear it. Walking, after after the show, you can send me that list. Wow. I'm so. I'm, Logan, I'm so glad that you think breathing is more important than doing math. That's just. Okay. Like, I'll give Logan the benefit of the doubt with that statement. More essential things. As like, there's there's a lot like math. There's some aspects of it that are like that's super important. But like, yeah, some of the stuff. If we're talking about like gravity, I guess, but we don't have to follow the laws of gravity if we don't want to. I didn't consent. What? Right, sure. right. you know, we've got a great show for you guys that's not just talking about math and life skills we actually are going to talk about hockey like you know we promised to do yeah i wasn't done well you're done now we have got some housekeeping stuff and we're going to be going over the goalie dilemma that some playoff teams are facing of who to start about taking charge like that okay continue no no, no. Yeah. keep going <laughs> we got a so, show to get to i guess yeah, exactly. And, I mean, what, what's five minutes to a show that's probably going to be like an hour, right? Exactly. We'll make a, we promise we'll make a show for you guys of just this edited before talk of just like non-hockey related talk. It, it'll come out soon. So we've got some housekeeping. We've got some goalie dilemmas that we're going to go over of who should start, who should not. Uh, no, you're editing that one then. Oh, lovely. Sounds good. But first, housekeeping, just some dates to keep in mind we've probably already mentioned them before but dates to keep in mind the stanley cup final will be starting september 20th with the last possible date for the cup being awarded being october 2nd the draft is expected to start october 6th free agency frenzy as logan likes to call it november 1st and training camp november 17th and the full 82 game season expected right now is expected to start december 1st wow this is going to be an exciting few months for hockey it It'll is be really going to be exciting. All of August and September with the playoffs, then immediately, pretty much immediately into free agency. Oh my goodness, this is just incredible. I mean, uh, uh, just to kind of cut you off, free agent frenzy just is not my term at all. It's just a hundred percent TSN's term, and the fact that you don't <laughs> know that is kind of, kind of appalling. Like, yeah, th- that's like their big thing. I mean, it's that trade center and. Yeah, I don't know. The, their trade uh, deadline, their, uh, trade center, trade yeah. Special, Dan and special. what is it? Dan and uh, Dan and Shay. Jay and Dan. No, it's Jay and Dan. I thought. And what, who's Sid? <laughs> Sid, Sid the kid? and no, Sid's on Sportsnet. What? Yeah, Sid's on Sportsnet with uh, someone else. That I don't remember. I could have. It is Jay and Dan. It's Tim and Sid, I think. Tim and Sid. Thank you. 
I knew it wasn't there crazy. It I, I'm not a Canadian. You had the names. You just mixed them up. Yeah, like Timothy. For all you know, for all I know, I could have been talking about Timothy Shalamity, Calamity and uh, <laughs> Sid. Logan, just stop talking before you. Sit the kid. No. Names. Names. Names are important. Those are. are, That's on the list of Logan's fifteen things that are more important before math. Is we're likely to be having hockey and having the playoffs extend then for the next season to like July, mid late to late July, which brings the question about the expansion draft with Seattle and. If anything, that gives them well, even more of, time to. It gives them even more time to delay the release. Oh of the my team god! Not if I don't get it, season like they're very much going to condense the season. They've gotten rid of the All Star week, so that's one week of play. I have zero doubt that they're going to try. There's and, no week long breaks too. There's not going to be bye weeks. Yeah, there shouldn't be bye weeks rather, but that, especially this upcoming season. Yeah, I, I have mm-hmm. zero doubt. That they'll be back on. Well, don't hold me to this. I have zero doubt that the in two seasons we're gonna start seeing like a quote unquote regular schedule. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, I think, think that's barring really something right after this season, or I, this yeah, next season, I do too. I, th- this might just be the the figure, you know, the purest in me. I and I think I've said this before on the show, I really am not a fan of seeing hockey, like, late in the summer. Like, this is an exception, right? Obviously. On a normal season, I am not going to want to, you know, sit inside uh, on a nice summer evening and watch hockey. Like, I will, because I love hockey, but I'm not going to want to, (laughs) right? Like, It's much better to do it. It's much better to do it when you're trapped in your house with four feet of snow outside. You're like, oh, I guess I'll watch hot. Well, not. I guess I'll watch hot. But if you don't feel as guilty for not spending the time outside and sitting no, in front no. of the screen. No, like, no, no. For for the record, though, if the playoffs started in June or in late May or early May, rather, we'd all be getting out of college by then. So we'd basically just be. We'd that's basically true. Have nothing to do except for watch hockey, which is like you don't even need to worry about any assignments that are due that week. You can that's, just like sit back and relax. You're one of those crazy nuts that takes summer semester, but. Yeah. I yeah, don't know who I, I don't know anyone who could do that right now. Um in this no. period of time. But if you find anyway. someone, let me know. Yeah. Those are the dates that'll be going over. Uh that'll be hopefully coming to fruition this upcoming see this coming end of the season and the off season. That's a crazy turnaround from November first to training camp. Because technically yeah, it's the pretty free crazy. window the free agent window, I don't know when it's gonna close. But like, that's insane, you know. See, sixteen the days. The N- yeah. The thing with the NFL too is, and I only know this because I play Madden franchise mode, so I could be off my bit. <laughs> is the fact that you're, you're you expert, can sign you're players while you're in. This. I'm very good at franchise mode with Madden and NHL. If you if you see Flex. my resume, a lot of championships. Regardless, though, if you just if you like look at like how the NFL works, you're signing players during the preseason still. So I, I assume the NHL will like allow players to still be signing players like during training camp, during the preseason. Yeah. If they're negotiating like I, I feel like there's gonna be a cutoff at some point, but like maybe like even like two weeks into the regular season you're still able to like sign a piece or two. Because let's be honest, like free agency for the most part, even when it's like the regular July first day, most of the big free agents are gone by July fourth, July fifth. I would like I'd say there's Pretty a much. lot of more like top nine, like top six, maybe even a few top four, uh, top six potential players or available players that are that still are looking for contracts and stuff or starting goalies. But other than that, for the most part, most of the really good players or even like the semi good players that are that have a strong impact on a team tend to get signed in like the first week. You know, because yeah. that makes sense. That makes perfect like, sense. Exactly. Like Kevin Shattenkirk, Kevin Shattenkirk, for example, got signed like literally a week before, like a week into the season last year by the Lightning. So, mm-hmm. there, I don't see that being too big of a deal. But for, if anything, I see it like, being a big deal so because the ordinary. Really. I just see yeah. it being a big deal too because you let's say Alex Petrangelo enters free agency because the Blues he's not going to take it 
uh, eight-year deal for $2 million per year, which is perfectly understandable. <laughs> so he says no. He decides, and I know if, this, if the Dallas Stars guy is listening to me, he's not going to like this. He signs with the Ottawa Senators, which, I, which would never happen, apparently. He then would have 16 days to get used to everything, go to training camp, and then two weeks, like, and then, like, go through all that, I feel like it's way too, like, quick of a process for a lot of those guys. Like, you still have the regular season, and then you have the regular season starting December 1st. So, like, if you're a free agent this year, like, you're going to have to really, like, find chemistry and get into that system really quickly. Yeah. I mean, obviously, that's that's kind of what training camp is for, right? But, like, you still have more time in a normal NHL season. You would have, even like, Even just to get used like to, like, the city. Months. You really just have, yeah, like, exactly. you really, like three, four, three, four months, per se, like, from the regular July 1st date to regular training camp. So it's definitely going to be an adjustment that a lot of the free agents who change locations are going to have to face. And one last thing, too, is RFAs. What's going to happen with those? When's that date going to be? For the last day, you can negotiate with an RFA until they can't play until the next season. Because from a Hawks perspective, we have guys like Kubalik and Shrom who we might re- we have Malcolm Subban. We have a lot of RFAs this season, so it'll be interesting to see like how that's going to be broken down as well. Offer sheeting. There's a mm-hmm. there's a lot of questions that will be answered yeah. as we get closer. Let's Speaking move on to our yeah. next topic, yeah, uh, changes of scenery. The New exactly. Jersey Devils have hired. Lindy Ruff as their newest head coach. And uh, they've also removed the interim tag from Tom Fitzgerald's title as manager. Eh. Like, I think it's a good thing. I think Lindy Ruff is, I, I really think he's the coach that, uh, like, Lindy Ruff and uh, Fitzgerald have a prior relationship. It makes sense that, you know, they're, they're buddies. It makes sense that Fitzgerald would go to Lindy Ruff uh, for the head coaching option. You know, New Jersey is not a bad team by any means. Like, their top six forwards are pretty good. They got to fix their defense a little bit, which, frankly, if they have a mediocre defense and get a consistent third line, that's, I think, well enough to be in contention for a wild card spot next season. And they have yeah. one of the best young goaltenders in Mackenzie Blackwood. They That's really true. aren't that bad of a team. They just need someone at the helm, two people at the helm that can lead them in the right direction in the future. And I think both of them, Fitzgerald and Ruff, can do that. So I think it's a great, I think it's a great move. And the removal yeah. of the interim tag by Fitzgerald, again, just another one of those things that it, you're setting yourself up for future success instead of being stuck in this weird kind of 25 to 19, 18 spot in the standings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if my vision serves me right, this is the fifth coaching coaching change in the last five years for the head coach position. So safe to say, Devils haven't had a lot of success with their coaches with their coachings. But Logan, I think you're right that the Devils are actually way more talented and have way more potential than people care to give them credit for. I think because there was just so much expectations on them this season, right? Like PK Subban going to the Devils. You have Jack, Jack. I was gonna say Jack Eichel. No, that's the Jack Hughes. That's the wrong Jack. Jack Hughes. Um, yeah, like they they just had so much potential and they just like completely flopped. So it's not like the team like the Wild where people are like, okay, we're expecting like if you don't do that well, it's not that like you know it's not that surprising. But the team like the Devils was expected to be like a wild card this season. So I think this coaching change, I've seen some uh, dissenting opinions from yours, Logan, about uh, Lindy Ruff, but. The, I think the coaching change is good. I think they just need to find, like you said, somebody that's like just solid and has a winning mentality because the Devils have not been winning for the past, you know, couple seasons. So if they have, if they have someone with a winning mentality, if they have, if their players are excited to play, if they can, if they believe they can win, then that's a huge step in the right direction for the Devils organization. Coaching is really is a really big piece in the NHL in these days. I mean, you obviously saw with John Tortorella torts as i like to call him and as i've raved about him constantly just the pure fact even when you're in you have a bunch of injuries even when you have like a power player penalty kill problem like you need to have a coach that has the experience knows what they're going to do and is able to make those changes as much as i make fun of pk suban 
like he's not a he's still a pretty good defenseman. And I think that last season he really struggled with the chemistry and he really struggled the coach wasn't really helping him out very well. He wasn't really fitting into the system. Hopefully Ruff brings in a better system more centered around PK Subban from the in a blue line perspective to really get him more involved offensively and like give him that ability to also play a bit back, give him some power play more penalty kill and power play minutes. So Hopefully, PK Subban has a bounce back year. I expected that was to bounce back next season. I wasn't. I didn't think they'd make the playoffs this year. But as long as they keep going on the up and up, and they find and Ruff is that guy that they need, I would not be shocked if the Devils are a wild card team come mm-hmm. next next season's playoffs. Exactly. Uh, the Minnesota Wild have gone and hired former Canucks, uh, as Rafi has put it in the. Uh, our show notes, Guru Judd Brackett to be their the lead of the the, the head of their uh, amateur scouting department. I mean, it, it it's a pretty good move. You look at the young pieces that the uh, Vancouver Canucks have. You look at where Minnesota needs help, uh, definitely in the uh, in their uh, minor league system for sure. Uh, so that they can have a young nucleus to build around in the future, it's it's a right it's the right move. Minnesota is not a bad organization. We we've poked fun of, uh, at it before. They have been stuck in mediocrity for maybe an eternity, for what probably feels <laughs> like an eternity for Wild. The, fans, the funny thing that. is, it's actually been like an eternity of them being mediocre. Like I don't remember a single season where they were actually expected to like go really far in the playoffs or completely tank like I don't I don't remember the last time they were either terrible or like really good yeah like they, they've been they've always just been you know there like the seventh had, the central they've always just been you know oh they could have made the playoffs but they didn't or they're just making a wild card and they can completely bounced in the first round like or to the Blackhawks yeah it's frustrating for I'm sure it's frustrating for wild fans it's the state of hockey and I think that they have good pieces. I've always been a big fan of Zach Breezy. I think mm-hmm. Minnesota's top pairing of Suter and Dumba is a really solid pairing. You have Jared Spurgeon as well. So overall, you have a solid team. Devin Dubnik I like as well. And that I think he had a bit of a – his season this season was a bit – his stats were a bit lackey for the most part. But I think he'll bounce back. I don't know what the word lackey means, but whatever. I think that a big thing for Minnesota, as you saw with uh, Kirill Kaprizov, who's going to be coming up likely next year, who has a lot of hype around his name. If Minnesota can have a few solid picks if they lose in the first round to Vancouver and they get like they wind up with a top 15 pick, if they're able to steal a guy or make a few good picks in the next few years, I wouldn't be shocked if you have Minnesota as like an, a solid contender soon. So obviously we all know that this Canucks guy, Judd Brackett, has a has quite the resume when it comes to scouting. And the whole Canucks scouting team is phenomenal, as you see with the Patterson pick. And you really saw with the Quinn Hughes pick. Yeah. They've been on a roll right now with their early picks. And hopefully Minnesota can re- get the benefits of this guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, in across sport lines, I guess I'll call it, uh, it goes without saying there is not going to be fans this off season, um, in the NHL and in the NBA. Uh, if you're a fan of basketball, you've also noticed that the uh, the basketball tournament there is no fans in the stands as well uh, in their uh, bubble in Columbus, Ohio. The Baltimore Ravens have come out and said they expect to have about twenty percent capacity for their reopening this season. And to get a perspective, they can hold about 71,000 fans uh, in their arena in Baltimore. 20, I think that's... It's about 14,000, I believe. About 14,000 fans. That's about a a hockey-sized crowd. For football, that's not that much. No, it definitely is not a lot for football. And it kind of gets us wondering. It makes a fellow wonder. Uh, what's going to happen for hockey come December when maybe 
fans will be allowed back in the arena and to what extent. And I guess this is kind of painting a picture, at least in other sports, uh, setting the standard, setting the uh, bar to where we should expect uh, fans to be allowed or not allowed in the arena. The issue with the issue with hockey versus like football, baseball. Yeah, exactly. That in football, it's really easy to distance because you know the stadiums are massive and it's outside and not covered for the most part. For like I said, for most teams, baseball they're definitely not covered and it's really easy to distance. Hockey, it's not hard to distance, but you're in an enclosed area, which is as CDC has said, it's like travel. It like just stays in the air and doesn't you know fly away to Taiwan or whatever. I don't know why I said that. That was, it's fine. Um, but it, it's basically, the, it's okay. We all have our moments. Ba- Noah. Yeah. Basically, uh, the the biggest thing is that um, it's in an enclosed area, which makes it uh, a more risky place to be. So the twenty percent capacity is probably not going to transfer over. And and also note that this is like one projection, one team, one stadium, right? Like this isn't NFL mandated. This is like pure speculation. I'm, I'm like confident that there will be fans uh come december i I know for sure it's not going to be full you know full packing every seat it's probably going to be like every you know six seats there's a fan or something like that like i don't know what that translates to for the numbers wise but it's going to be have to be like pretty uh pretty uh large amounts of distancing probably more than six feet just to be safe. Yeah, and something that I've been thinking about a lot too is when fans arrive, you obviously would take their temperature. If their temperature is too high, you obviously would send them home or mm-hmm. say, like, sorry, you can't enter. So that's a big thing that I've been thinking about that they should enforce. And yeah. honestly, at the end of the day too, it's it's a money thing too. So teams like Ottawa, teams like Florida, Arizona, teams that really need some income right now, need that money, they're going to have to like do something and compromise where they have to let fans in for that ticket gate and just have some more revenue going in. And I do think that like you need to have a limit there. I personally believe that by the springtime next year, we should be likely close to like either everyone can go to like, we can have packed out arenas or have like at least like 75 to 80% full Sure. But at, like the way it's looking, it, it's so hard to predict something like this too because one day numbers say one thing, the next day numbers say the other thing. So there's so much up in the air. But what I would say for sure by December first, if I was like a owner of a team, I'd say you have to wear mat, you have to have a mask on. At the way we're trending, you have to have a mask on. You have you have temperature checks before you enter, and you start off by allowing. I'd say like 40%, maybe 30%. I personally will see what happens in the following months. But right now, as of how I feel, I feel like that'd be okay. But who knows what could happen in the future? Maybe things go really good. Maybe things take a bad turn. Who knows? Yeah, it'll be, it's, I I feel like there's a lot of different, there's like a lot of different factors. Like you said, the money part of it is like, a concern for a lot of teams and i find it kind of ironic maybe cruel irony that like the two states that are kind of struggling the most that being arizona and florida also have nhl franchises that need the most money so that's a really tough situation well, for the well, owners well, to be in not, I, yes the states yes the states but you have to also remember too that tampa bay lightning are also in florida yes so exactly they'll be fi- they'll be fine regardless they'll be fine yeah but yeah but yes, I agree with you from a health standpoint. Yeah, I see where you're talking about. I just wanted to point I, out. I've the said this before. There. I see zero. There should not be fans next season. For hockey, basketball, no fans. Like you're inside. Even for football and baseball. Baseball for the, we're in the spring. I, for next season. I see the entire, zero. Entire, the entire season. season? Okay. Entire season, no fans. There's no point on risking it because then – no, it's it's a numbers game. I like, like as I said earlier, you have we none of us have any idea. No, if you ask every person, any person in the world, what's gonna happen come December first, come March, come opening day for baseball next season, 
I guarantee you not you not you get a different answer from every person. No one yeah. knows exactly what what's happening. We have the numbers today, we have the numbers from the last few months. We don't like there are certain spikes, there are certain ups, certain downs. We have no we have no idea. There's no definitive trend saying we are skyrocketing, we are going down. Currently we're going a bit up. I think it'll go down soon in the following months, but I have no idea. I'm just a kid who just graduated high school. I'm there's no way I'm able to predict what's going to happen in a few months. It's fun to speculate, but at the end of the there's, day, there's teams, literally nothing wrong with being safe and not allowing fans. Like you look like I, the I smartest person you, in the room. But I'm just thinking though, from a owner perspective, if your yeah, franchise is borderline, buckle up and suck it up, and you know get the wad out of their pants and deal with the fact that for this season, it is going to be a lot better for them to lose 30% of gate revenue, 30% of all revenue at the gate, to protect their city, their team's reputation their reputation, the company that, you know, the the sponsorships that the arenas have's reputation. If they really care about money, they understand that it is significantly better for them to just sit and deal with not having anyone in the arena for the season. Like the if we want to talk if we want to talk about it like it's a money game, it is significantly better because one, you do not have to expend the resources in research. And it, it is it I don't know. But I, I, I I'm, do just, I'm just saying though, if Buffalo, Buffalo teams like Buffalo, teams like Ottawa, are on the brink, Florida, Buffalo Arizona has are on the brink. Wrong, no revenue uh, problems. They are one of the, I think they're in the top ten in terms of highest grossing teams in the league. Okay, okay, but I, I got Ottawa, Arizona, saying. Florida, like it's just like, and that's where the if, league steps in, right? That's where the league steps in and you says, would okay. need to hope the league, you like. I don't like. I'm sure you you know like what would happen, but I'm just saying like at the end of the day too, like as a person would say, if these teams are gone, they they have to ask. The owners will have to ask, was it worth it? Not mm-hmm. having any fans, not having at least a bit of revenue, like there that has to be something that's on all their minds. And I don't every think owners are that money hung are that money hungry and that greedy that they're gonna value their wallets and their paychecks. The, the the owners uh, are already rich. The owners already have so much money. Let's be honest. Like, let's hope. Let's we, hope they're we, not so greedy. Like from an inside source. Like let's be honest. Like we know. Like in one of the owners. Like this is not. This is like a side job to him. Like this is a, like a hobby. Like the owners don't care too much about the franchise. Let's be honest. Yeah. I, I just. I just. I just don't see room for fans. Like I, I just see zero. Room That's for fine. No circumstances. We'll definitely once we get closer. Obviously, we'll be able to get a, like a more definitive like what what we believe in. But right now, it's obviously way too early to really like get into too hardcore of a debate on like whether or not like there should be what percent all that stuff. So yeah, because we can make an argument. I'll right give now. you the better, safer. Sorry, obviously, but yeah. At the end of the day, there's still so many factors and so much time until then. So we'll see what happens. Okay. <laughs> like six months is not that much time, but okay. Like a lot can happen in six months. A lot, a lot can, can happen, happen in, in six one month. months, but yeah. It's moving it's on. Be, yeah. <laughs> moving, <laughs> like, moving on from speculation about the coronavirus to moving on about speculation to a more concrete subject, the goalie dilemma for many playoff teams. It's actually way more than I expected. Um, these teams have two or more goalies that are ve- both very capable of starting and are both very capable of helping their team out during the playoffs. It's not really our job, but we talk about these things. So it's our job to discuss who we think should start for each team. And let's save let's save the big one for later. Let's talk about not necessarily young versus old, which is kind of a lot of these. But let's talk about two extremely talented goaltenders out in Las Vegas, Nevada. Not anymore, but we're formerly playing in Las Vegas, Nevada. Marc-Andre Fleury and Robin Lehner. Of course, all Blackhawks fans know Lehner was sent to Vegas in that, you know, interesting trade deadline deal. We miss you. Come back, please. Yeah, Yeah, please. Unpreferably like a $1 million for eight-year deal, but yeah, we'll see. So... There are two very talented goaltenders, Flurry, the 
proven veteran and laner he's not so young but in this can in this say it's the younger guy coming up having off a fantastic season we've said it before numerous times that he was about he's the only reason the blackhawks are in a position right now that they are in the playoffs because our defense isn't good enough for that so who should vegas start flurry or laner laner i love laner but flurry like he has the he has all the playoff experience. He has the sitting on the bench for two cups. He won a cup in 09 as a starter. I think Flurry. He's also been with the team the whole season. And had there not, it had there been no pause and Laner played like it was like a 50-50 split, and Laner was still playing lights out. Without a doubt, I'd, I'd likely swing towards Laner. But it's just the fact that Laner's only played three games with Vegas. So I feel like at the end of the day, you go with who you've who you trust them trust the most and that's Mark andre Fleury. do you okay so for game and obviously for the i think honestly what you do if you're vegas is you try to go to for the round robin i think you start them both and you say you throw a different look you throw a look at like i don't know the blues or you throw a look at like probably like like the avalanche maybe not the stars because they're not really contenders, but you throw a different look at them, right? So that way, when you're playing, when you're playing, if you're playing against them, like in the conference finals, uh, or maybe in the second round, like you have a different, you have a different look. So maybe you start Laner, but you're planning on starting Flurry for the, uh, for the conference finals, and you start Flurry basically through the other two rounds. So well, maybe, the, maybe sense. I don't, I, I don't think that's a good idea. Well, I, that, I was. I was on the I was no. on your I was on the same page when you're talking about the round robin having one play one game having one play the other game, and so, like something like that, and then whoever's better maybe you start the third game, but don't, you should never be changing goalies during a playoff run, unless one of your goalies is either hurt or is Pekarine. <laughs> and I mean just Jeez. playing terrible too, playing terrible, Jeez. but Pekarine, as we all know, and as I like to say, is awful in the West, but. So, you you choose your goalie after the round robin. That's your goalie, unless they absolutely poop the bed, in my opinion. I yeah, I think that's fair. Um, robin Lehner th- just was such a better goalie. This I know. Season. We just know. like not even numbers wise. Like you don't start Mark Andre Fleury. Like if you you don't start Mark Mark Andre Fleury based on pedigree alone, because if that's the case, Lundqvist would be starting. For New York, that's, that's funny. That I... is not the case <laughs> because Shesterkin is significantly better than Lundqvist. Not oh, let's say, that. Let's, but, hold on, let's okay, talk okay. about let's whoa, talk whoa, about whoa, that in a minute. You, you let's talk about say, it in a minute. You can't say Mark Andre Fleury isn't like Mark Andre Fleury is still Mark Andre Fleury. I'm not as saying we all he's still... I'm not saying like, he's not. No, 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 no. Don't don't put words I, in my mouth. No, 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 I'm not trying no, to. No, 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 no. From the way you're trending, you were like sounding like Robin Lehner's like. So as good, which he is amazing, but you're you're trying to take away from the fact that Mark Andre Fleury is literally like even this season was making the craziest save still of like ever. Okay, and Robin, that you can make a crazy save and still be worse than another player. You could make a crazy shot from literally like the yeah. other end of the ice. There's a difference be between there's a difference player. between doing a one crazy play every now and then and doing it literally every night. And that's exactly what Mark Andre did. Did you watch any games Robin Laner played in Chicago? Yeah, yeah but did. have you watched Flurry's highlights? Like have yes. you have you seen what Flurry's done? Have you, like Flurry Logan's just trying to get Laner to go to Carolina in the offseason. No. <laughs> that's why he's talking so highly but of him. No, like Robin Laner is has this season. I forget last season. He was better than Flurry last season. Uh, what is no? Yes. No. Sorry. No. I said it. Um, no, but... he's not. He was not in, in any sense of the. In Logan, any sense continue of the word with your better. point before like we hang up. Continue <laughs> with your point, please. He was a significantly better goalie this season than Mark Andre Fleury was. Significantly. Or did he just Everyone look? That knows or did he? Or did he just look better because knows. he has a worse defense? No. no, I think no, I think Laner was a better goaltender, but I still think you started Flurry. I think Laner was the better goaltender, but I'm still taking Flurry. For Vegas, he started three games for Vegas. He was amazing for them, but still, who do you feel safer with? Robin if Laner played more. No, if Laner played more games with Vegas, I would be. I'd have no problem with starting Laner. 
but it's just the pure fact that you already know Mark Andre Fleury, and you've known him for the last few seasons. He's used to you've the got team. To know Robin you start Lander the Mar- last two seasons. He is a leader on and off the ice. He can manage. So, the team so is Mark Andre Fleury. Alone. Everything you're saying is Mark Andre Fleury. No. Like, yes. Oh. <laughs> I, okay. Let's. Let's. I'm not going to jump off of this horse. Like Mark. Uh, I, that's I, fine. I didn't say you had to. I'm not saying you had to. Game in the postseason. For for the Vegas Golden Knights, bar none. Bar none. Like there as is of right. no. Not not as of right now. Like that's it. I'm ending this. Garrett Sparks done. Oh <laughs> jeez. She does not even go there. I there is there is nothing about Laner has been better this season. That's like not Laner has been a top three goalie. Logan thinks he's top one goalie. I don't know about that, but he's definitely been a top three goaltender this season. That's without a doubt. Is he better than Flurry right now? Maybe, but I've taught I I've talked about it before. Like, do you in playoffs you need like complete faith in everybody you're working with? And that if you have, like, I have faith in Laner as a player, but I just trust Flurry so much Noah, more. B- b- He's played show, with your team on, the whole season. Noah, before the show, before the show, we were talking about uh, Mike Smith, right? We were talking yeah. about how Mike Smith is not a good goal. You pointed out his 902 save percentage. Yeah. Mark Andre Flurry had a 905 save percentage, 0.03 above him, and not, and better, but not much better uh, goals against. If we're going on numbers, Right. What is his goals against? Two seven seven. Right. I know Robin Laners is two eight nine. You have to take into account defense there. But if we want to go based on numbers, nine two zero is significantly better, and I think trumps the goals against average. Right. It, 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 you got to be consistent in your rhetoric. Like, yeah, but if you so Vegas's a, defense wasn't too good either. Let's be honest. Vegas' defense right. was not that great. No, you're not wrong, but it's significantly better than the Chicago Blackhawks' defense. Uh, by a bit, and I, the Edmonton I, Oilers. I for say that. having Al- No, I think Mike Edmonton's Smith? defense is. I say Edmonton's defense is better. Oh. Uh, Alec Martinez definitely oh. got Vegas's defense over the hump, though. I think without that trade, Vegas would be eh. really they, bad. They wouldn't. I wouldn't think they'd be as solid of a contender as they do now. I've the only problem with Ve- the only problem like, with Vegas, though, is anything the, you guys said ever. <laughs> the only problem with Laner, though, is you can't. For Vegas is you can't have him and Flurry both on the ice unless one of them is player. I don't think you can do that. So <laughs> th- that that kind of stinks that they had to give up the small amount of value they did in that Robin Laner deal. But I'm still dazzled. The Stan Bowman decided that was fair value for Robin Laner, but regardless. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, okay, if we also if we want to go, it has to be Mark Andre Flurry. It has to be. I just trust him I- more. I'm taking Flurry ten times out of ten. And Logan, back to your numbers argument. Flurry faced more shots than Smith did on average over the season. I mean, we aren't comparing Smith. I, I was just using Smith to to use. Your I understand. Like, I understand. So there's an there's a reason for why Flurry's save percentage is low. I still think yeah, Flurry. Mark Andre Flurry. I still let's, think. Let's be honest. If Mark Andre Flurry and Mike Smith both had the same stats, who would you be starting in the playoffs? I'm starting Flurry ten times out of obviously. ten. Obviously, obviously, I'm starting. I'm starting Flurry. Mike Smith, Mike Smith on the Tampa Bay Lightning would look better than Mark Andre Flurry on the Golden Knights. Let's be honest here. I'm still, t- I'm taking Flurry, even though Laner's been a better goaltender. I'm taking Flurry because Flurry has played so similar to Laner that I'm taking the guy who's maybe a little bit worse. It's like, so stats wise, but okay. Like it's so contradictory, but. Sorry, like Laner's Laner played Laner played said, incredible this you season. Know, you said Laner may have played better this season, but like yeah. if, if that's that's what you're starting that statement off with, you that's the end of the statement. It really you depends prevent. on who's I don't know not really though. better though. Because the thing is too, is Robin Laner was hot like the whole season. Like I don't know what the pause did to him, like like, how is he going to – is he going to be the Robin Lehner of the Chicago Blackhawks where he was just making amazing save after amazing save? Or is he going to be like New York Islanders Robin Lehner where he's still a serviceable starter and still really good, but he's just not, like, good enough? Or do you see Marc-Andre Fleury just with, like, an all right season all of a sudden, like, look like prime Marc-Andre Fleury, like how he normally does? 
So it, it really comes down to who's who's uh, benefited more from the pause, and that's what it's going to come down to at the end. I, I It's so hard to say, because Logan, I as I said earlier, if Robin Lehner played out the season with Vegas and kept putting up the numbers he had with Vegas, where he had a, nine, a .94 save percentage and a 1.67 goals allowed average in the three games he played, there's without a doubt he's starting. But it's just the fact that he just hasn't, like, I don't know who's going to be hot come the, the round robins. Whoever's the hotter goalie in the round robins is obviously going to be starting. But I say you start each goalie in one, at least you give both goalies at least one game and see what happens in the round robins. Okay. Then let, let's talk about Nashville then with uh, Pecorino and UC Soros. This right? is, Obviously, this we're going to go with goalie. UC Soros. Yeah. Right? Without a doubt. Like, I, yes, I, contrary to my earlier, like, veteran, blah, 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 all that. I was going to say, th- th- this Pecorine might be an just, <laughs> Yeah, because yeah. Pecorino, countless times, although he has the veteran experience, although he has everything, is just terrible in the playoffs. He also just didn't have a good season. <laughs> that he didn't. He, he really, he really didn't. didn't. I mean, honestly, like, there wasn't, like, I was talking about, like, whether a goalie's hot, whether they're cold. Pecorino was really cold all season, and, and Soros really stepped in. I'd say Nash they're in a regular playoff or a regular in a regular regular season, a regular world, Nashville misses the playoffs in my in my opinion. I think Nashville misses if they wait too long they to play, put in Saros over Rene. No, they play Arizona. Gosh, who I has Kemper and Ranta yeah. who also really good pairing. I think they go Kemper and the story there. But Rene's just not been Rene, he's just not good in the playoffs. I mean, that's that's really all I can say. He has a veteran experience, but he's still going to be on the bench helping the team out. And as I said, if Nashville decides to keep riding the Rene train in the regular season, there's no way they would have made the playoffs if the regular season finished out as it normally would be. There's no way. He was just not playing well. This is Soros. I think you're taking him nine times out of ten unless Soros. Much better, know. too. Unless Saros just does something whack. Unless Saros literally like scores an own goal, they're starting Saros. Walks onto the ice and doesn't know how to use his pads, or he gets hurt. <laughs> yeah, obviously. obviously. I mean, he should be the goalie in the pipes for Nashville, starting yeah. through the entirety of their run. For the for yes. reference, you see Saros in his forty games with Nashville this season, nine one four save percentage and a. Two two seven goals allowed average two point seven, Pecorine eight nine five save percentage and a three point one seven goals allowed average. So there's a pretty big gap between having UC Saros starting and having Pecorine starting for Nashville. Yeah, obviously in the playoffs, veteran experience is big, and so is having depth. But then again, if if Pecorine just isn't hasn't been playing well in the last few seasons, in the regular season and in the playoffs, see what the younger kid has to do. There's, it doesn't hurt Nashville at all. I'd say their window hasn't really sh- closed yet. I still think it's pretty open for the next few seasons. So we'll see what happens. Maybe Arizona just finds a spark because they have no fans already and they're just used to it. I don't know. We'll see. Funny. Nashville can't smash any cars right now. So we'll see. We'll yeah. see what happens. On Here's... a, I was gonna. I think we're both going to the same thing. Pittsburgh. Yeah. Yeah. This one is. This one is actually my. This is this is gonna be a really, really interesting one for me. It's Matt Murray versus well not verse, but competing for the starting position, Matt Murray and Tristan Yari. My goodness, is this really difficult to decide for it me? It really isn't. I think it's difficult. I think from a coaching have... standpoint, like I am looking from a coaching standpoint, like you really mm-hmm. like don't get me wrong, Yari has significantly more upside than Murray does. Yari has not seen a playoff game. Period. That's why. That's why. So I'm, you're saying like, the struggling. experience is helpful, <laughs> and you should have that. No, is that, is that what you're <laughs> trying to not, say? That's not. That's not at all what I'm saying. That. Oh, okay. This. Just making sure. Like, just making sure. Just checking. You can't. <laughs> okay. I knew he's gonna. Hold on. He's gonna spell like a capital. Time out. A hairball. To full full sixty seconds, real quick. All right, I did do the hand motions of the full timeout too, for those wondering. Nice. I really don't think you can compare the situation Vegas has 
to and use my words that I use in that <laughs> scenario for like literally the most obvious of ways you can use veteran experience as an excuse to start someone. I know, I was just mocking has you. played on two cup winning teams and was in the pipes when the final horn buzzed for the cup to be presented. And Tristan Yari hasn't. You don't like that. There's a difference, right? Like there's a difference right. in flurry and flur- the flurry laner battle where th- you just heard all of that. And Murray Yari significant difference. And also just a reference to Tristan Yari and Matt Murray. Tristan Jar- Yari has a much better save percentage and goals a lot average than Matt Murray. But I mean, yeah, kind of, but two is the fact that they have the same records. Basically Yari is 20 and 12th this season. And Murray is 20 and 11 with five overtime losses. Yari one overtime loss. So they're both like pretty, like I'd be fine with either one starting in my opinion, but yeah, like I'd rather have, Matt Murray, who's obviously been on two very recent cup runs, has played in the playoffs and had like solid cup, solid deep runs the last few seasons. I think it makes the most sense that Matt Murray, even though he's been like looked as not playing too well this season or not worth the money, I think it's him. And something that'll be interesting too, a good storyline is if Matt Murray plays really well in the playoffs, what happens? Because you obviously have a guy in Casey DeSmith who's a, who could be a very serviceable backup next season. So, And you obviously have Jari and Murray, whose contracts expire this season, RFAs. And with not too much cap space, it'll be interesting. If Matt Murray leads the Penguins to a cup or a deep cup run, who do you really go with? That'll be interesting. Yeah. I think for this playoffs, I think you say, all right, all right, Matt, I'm giving you the starting position. Don't <laughs> screw it up. Don't okay, screw Matt. it up. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Like you, you put him. You like you set the expectation kind of beforehand. Like you're not gonna. Like he knows he's not gonna have a lot of chances, right? But you can't. But you have to make it clear. Like we have, we literally have somebody to replace you, and he's played better than you this season. So we're giving you the start because we trust you. Your experience. You've been in these pressure situations before. But if you don't perform very well, just know you're gonna be watching from the bench for the rest of the playoffs. Hey, like, if he allows, I think, if he allows five, six goals on Montreal in game one, you would absolutely like start yarding. Well, if anyone season. allows five to six goals on Montreal of all teams in game one, you would pull them. Depends. Yeah, but here's Depends. here's you have to be like okay. Tuka Rask or Connor Halibut for me to change my mind. But yes, if Rene, it's a normal night. But here's the thing: <laughs> if it, it, the Montreal series, I'm expecting to be a rollover. But you think is like you have to start Murray, right? Because you can't you can't start Yari. Him get really nervous and then go down one nothing and be like, oh, now we're scrambling because you know Stop. we're down You're one. Give me PTSD because Bennington was not nervous in that Stanley Cup Finals or in that Cup run. <laughs> I literally say the word nervous and Rafi immediately goes to Bennington. I don't know why. Um, what? But, what? <laughs> here's here's the thing. He doesn't you get don't want to. Yeah, you don't want to go down in a three in a uh, three game or a five game series. It's really bad, especially especially the first game. It's really bad. Because then you have to win Montreal. <laughs> it's even it's even worse versus Montreal. Like the without a doubt the worst team in this postseason. So I think you start Murray and you say, look, don't screw it up. If you screw it up, you're getting benched. And like, hopefully, and like if that motivates him to do well, good. If he can't handle the pressure, then he can't handle the pressure. And you put in Yari because Yari's performed better than him this season. He's been a better goaltender. But you trust Murray way more in these pressure pressure situations than you trust Yari, at least for right now. Yeah. I don't think it hurts that they have a guy like Tristan Yari who's ready to go in case Murray poops the bat, as I like to phrase it. Like I, I don't think it's that bad though for Pittsburgh to have that guy to fall back on, like if Murray doesn't play too hot in Game One or Game Two. So, yeah, Pittsburgh is definitely in a good situation where I feel like whichever one they start isn't a bad decision. But that veteran experience kind of like with two goalies who have played pretty solid and pretty similar this season, respectively, for Pittsburgh. I I'd say you go Matt Murray just off the experience, but you, I I would be fine with like either one. So, yep. For our last one, we have a triple. Oh baby, a triple! It's the Rangers goaltending situation. Uh, it's like I called the Rangers goaltending mess. Lundqvist, Georgiev. What are you? It's kind what? of a mess. No, it's, it's not because they're all good. Yeah. Lundqvist, 
Lundqvist, Shestorkin, and Gorgiev uh, all vying for a starting position in the playoffs. Now, here's, here's, an, here's an example where age and veteran playoff experience may not outweigh the fact that another goaltender is just straight up better than you. You and may yes, have Henrik not Lundqvist, seen the... You did not watch. You did not pay attention then to the Chell tournament that we did a few weeks ago. Okay, then. whatever. I don't need to hear about. <laughs> I don't need to hear about the Chell tournament. Okay, I don't. I really do not need to All hear right, about that anymore. Rafi, you got beat by Logan Cohn in the in the uh, prelims. Just Doesn't a heads up, you, Logan. Logan, you, you lost. Logan, you lost in a series to Riyadh. Yes. No, I didn't. And I, I hey. won the champion. I won the championship. Yeah. Logan. Also, yeah, also, Rafi's won it twice. Okay. Okay. Anyway, I might be down. I might be down in the score. I'm still gonna get in your head. I don't care. I okay. I, I have a loud. Dude, don't mind. rattle me, bro. Okay. Buddy. Anyway, anyway, uh, Longquist is wants to start. Obviously, they all want to start. I want to see Longquist start mainly because I want to see the Hurricanes win. But um, I think that Longquist doesn't deserve to start here. I think the veteran experience just doesn't outweigh the fact that uh, Shostorkin is just better than him just like by and it's like not even close like Murray, like like yari is like played better than murray this season but i don't think like right now you could say like yari is definitely a better goaltender than uh murray but i think in this case i think you say yeah shistorkin's just better it's just like not like age doesn't matter experience doesn't matter here shistorkin's just better I, I, I don't want to do the king like that, but I, I kind of agree. Like, you have Shisterkin, you have Lundqvist be the backup. But the only, the best thing that I can think about this is the Rangers go on to, to the Stanley Cup Finals. They take on ex-loser team of the Western Conference. And with a minute left, up two goals, the you Rangers pull <laughs> Shisterkin and put in Lundqvist for the greatest act of hockey Kind of like a Ray Bork, like he gets the cup right away moment yeah. that brings everyone to tears, and, and makes then everyone, and then Lundqvist, and then Lundqvist lets up three goals. <laughs> can you can you imagine how unbelievably shameful that would be if that happened? If you get right. put in, no, don't don't, don't ruin just, my moment. Don't ruin my just, idea. <laughs> don't ruin it. Stop. But just imagine how great that would be. Yeah. Honestly, though, I I would I love Lundqvist and I want him to start. Like Shashurkin, like it, it's just one of those times where, like the kid, he it's not like he played three games with the team like Laner did with, in respect to Vegas. Like Shashurkin played twelve games, went ten and two, had a save percentage of nine three two, and a goals allowed average of two on the team when he was playing. Had already traded British Gay. Or wait, yeah, they traded away British Gay. Their defense is fine. They're not. I, like, I really don't like not, that you use Brady Shea that. The, being their best defenseman. No, like, I, I'm not saying you. I'm not saying he was though. <laughs> oh, I know, but like that, that, like they traded away Brady Shea. Like that was a difference maker. <laughs> he was a top four guy though on their. Anyone can be a top four guy in New York. Okay. <laughs> Back to my point. The defense wasn't like very. It was above. It was like average. It was. I wouldn't say it was like anything too special overall. So. Like, Shashurkin putting up those numbers is absolutely insane. And if he even catches, like, if he, if he gets, like, 70 to 80% of what he had going in the regular season before the pause, the Rangers are beating Carolina. They're upsetting the next team, the round-robin team in the first round. It's not going to be the Boston Bruins. And they make it to the Eastern Conference Finals, possibly. Who knows? On, on a side note, all three of these guys are going to be traveling with the team because you have an of unlimited course. amount of goalies. Uh, you you that... should always have three goalies ready to go. Oh, yeah, 100%. So, like, th- there's that. Like, so you don't know it's not like here. one of the, it's not like, you know, they're going to choose Shest, uh, Shest Ian Lundquist and then Georgiev just gets to sit at home. No, all three of them are going to be traveling with the team. So, whichever tandem they go with, the, the other person's going to have to be ready. And I'm very, very, uh, you know, confident that whether it's Lundqvist, Shesterkin, Shesterkin, and Gorgiev, Lundqvist and Gorgiev, any combination of them starting or sitting, all three of them are highly capable. Lundqvist is a veteran. He knows how to play. Like, he is arguably the, 
not the greatest, but he is one of the greatest goalies of all time. I don't think you can really argue that. Shesterkin is young. He proved himself. And Gorgiev has, you know, he sat in the uh, development crock pot for a while and also proved himself this year, this season alone by playing 34 games and performing pretty well. He can be a viable starter in a market like New York. So it's not like any any choice that uh, New York chooses. They're, they're going to be, you know, lacking. They have the options. They have the uh, they have the options. There's there's no reason that they shouldn't tr- test the waters during training camp and maybe during the play-ins. Like they have they have the wiggle room to maybe see all three, you know? Yep. Yeah. Like they have the wiggle room to see all three guys. Why not use that room? Yeah. Of course. That that's really all there is to say about it. Like I, if like if I'm going to give a personal preference, I would much rather see Shesterkin. Like, I just think, you know, he 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 outperformed Lundqvist in 12 games, even though Lundqvist played 26, something like that. He out, you know. The, 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 it's a, it's an, I think it's an obvious choice on who you should start. Yeah, but you're gonna have all three guys there. Why not test them out? Yeah, exactly. Well, you, you can't really, is, you can't test them out, obviously. In like, the I don't know, you playoffs. can't test them out in the planes because once you're in the planes, you're playing games to try and get your names on the cup or be in a shot to get your name on the cup. But they yeah, have, exactly. they have, the, they have the wiggle room. The, the training camp starts. Assuming that the Players Association complies or, or follows in the footsteps of the league and board of governors and the uh, heads of the Players Association and uh, vote, you know, votes in majority, we're going to see training camp on Monday. That's three days from the time this episode goes live. Yeah. You know, they have the, you know, they have one week. They have two weeks to play with their goalies and figure out who they want to ride with and who they want to say, I'm sorry to. Yeah. But, uh, it's probably not going to be like, if your hardest decision, I said this earlier, I'm not sure if you guys heard me. Cause I think I disconnected for a little bit, but if your hardest decision is deciding between laner and flurry for your goaltending duo, like that's a really good situation to be in. You're really happy. If you're a coach, if you're a player, if you're a GM, that organization. Oh yeah. You, you know what? It would be smart though. If they went laner. Cause I mean, if, I'm, if I traded the two like little pieces that I did to acquire Robin Lehner, I might as well use him if he's not going to re-sign next season. So, in Chicago? No, in what? in oh, Vegas. In Vegas. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I knew that. I like how Rafi's agreeing with Logan right now, just for the sole purpose of well, I have him. I might as well use him. Well, we have Subban. We're not going to use him. I, I hope not. Uh, we use Subban. I mean, he, let's be honest, though. Malcolm Subban, though, he is probably the best Subban in the NHL right now. I yeah. No. No. <laughs> so I still think PK is better. <laughs> okay. on, on the topic of Malcolm Subban, to kind of you know stray away from our whole playoff uh, predictions in terms of goalies, he there is room for for him in in our system, right? Like, yeah, goalies I think are yes. the only. Goalies, I, have I think, a, I have are, a nice spot for him. Nowhere in the AHL, yeah. Goalies, no. are the only. I want. I want my other goalies to position. develop. Goalies are the only position in hockey where, if you play at the AHL level or even the ECHL level, that doesn't mean you're down and out of it, right? Like Scott Darling played literally from the bottom depths of uh, professional hockey. Yeah, and won a cup. And yep. then had a like a spectacular season after that. Yeah, Regular. but if Malcolm Subban thinks that he's getting anywhere more than one million dollars, he must is, be crazy. If any organization is going to flip him into a serviceable goalie, whether he's a backup or a starting goalie is a different story. But into a serviceable, you know, guy, NHL on caliber the- goalie. Yeah, Chicago can do it. Chicago. Yeah, I mean, they are, they are good at. 
getting goalies. I mean, you saw what they did with Crawford. You saw what they did with Darling. You saw what they did with Ronta. Uh, who else? Who else am I missing? That, I'm forgetting your name. Uh, you know, we saw we got Cam Ward from. Cam yeah. Ward. Cam Ward. <laughs> Niemi was yeah, not you know, ideal. <laughs> Niemi was not great. Niemi was part was of our system, though. Cam, no, Cam Ward. No, Scott He Darling. won us one cup and then just kind of okay, okay, disappeared. All right. Cam Ward, though, played like a season. Yeah, yeah, he was very good. Like, and he was in his late 30s. Even, what's it called? Even in his I'm talking last about like the, I'm, I'm talking about the upcoming. Like the upcoming I know, goals. but I'm still using Cam Ward as an example because he started the season off relatively meh. But he doesn't just do that on his own. He doesn't just, you know, turn into a, he doesn't just uh, help the team turn around on his own. He's got to work with the goalie staff and the coaching staff. And he, he made a pretty good case to be a, you know, that, that, that he had at least one more season in him before he retired, obviously. But he made a yeah. pretty decent case down the stretch with the help of the Blackhawks uh, coaching staff, for sure, that he was a still a serviceable goalie in the league. Like, yeah, I, I mean, if I had an AHL team, if, if there's I'd a staff to do it, if there's a staff to flip Malcolm Subban it's or turn him back into his one season that that we saw that flash from in Vegas, it's yeah. the Blackhawks, right? Former first-round pick. Yes. And if the Blackhawks like anything, like the Falcons, they love first-round picks. I'm a big fan of teams that love first-round picks, even if they're trending towards busts. The Hawks will definitely take a chance on Malcolm Subban, but I'm not paying him more than a million bucks. Must be out of his mind if, I, if he thinks that we're paying him that much money. Doesn't deserve yeah. it yet. I think... I think the Blackhawks can flip him, but it's more of a question of whether the Blackhawks want to. Because we have a really good... We've talked about it before. Delia, Lankinen are both two really good AHL goalies right now that can possibly be, be really good backups. So I don't even know if it's worth the Blackhawks' time or money or energy to um, to try to flip Subban if you have Delia and you have Lankinen. I think that at the end of the day, it doesn't hurt to have them. But if you have $10 million in cap space, it's like Shkubalik and Crawford who kind of need new contracts, and each one's expected like $4 million kind of need to cut some cap. If Malcolm Subban is asking for a million dollars, like I'm just restricting him and just seeing where he goes or trying to trade him. There's, there's no reason why he deserves – there's no reason why Crawford should walk or Shum should be have his offer and – get successfully offersheeted or Kubalik gets successfully offersheeted because we decide to pay Malcolm Subban a bit of money. It's just not worth it to me. Those three pieces that I said earlier, much more important to Strum, the Kub- overall. Strom, Kubalik, and Crawford, Kubalik. yeah. I, and Kajula, obviously. I really like Kajula Yeah, exactly. Too. But those guys are much more valuable to the team and for the team's future than Subban, like without a doubt. That's without a doubt. If, Sub- if Subban wants to take like an 800, like keep his rook- his contract that he's on right now and extend it for another two seasons and see where he is after then, more than happy to. But if he's like, I want him one to two million dollars, he must be out of his mind. So that's just my opinion on that situation. And if we, we want to save, if we want to save, if we want to save some money too, two way contract him. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's, like, that's another but thing too. If if it is deemed that he is worth the effort to flip flip you know the the you know flip into a valuable piece in the organization flip into someone that we can trade off for a you know a third or fourth round pick something like that it, you know develop into into something that's going to be worthwhile for the team you can always two way contract them to save them money if cuz before LTIR and before any buyouts, the Hawks have $7.3 million in cap space. That's not a lot, especially when they need to bag Strom, especially when they need to bag uh, Kubalik, especially when they should uh, bag Crawford for at least one more season. You know, there's there are priorities, but if they prioritize Subban's development and uh, in the potential for flipping him for anything— you could always two-way contract him if money's the issue. I mean, it also yeah. helps too, Logan. What you brought up like way earlier in the show as well about the possibility where the Blackhawks just take next season as a we're going to be terrible year, then we're going to build back, and you let go of Crawford. 
you put Malcolm Subban, say, hey, here's you're going to get a 50-50 split with Delia or Lincoln. And like, here you go. Here's a one-year prove-it deal. If you play really well, we'll look for you in the future and hope that you can develop into a good starter. If not, your future with the team is in question. We don't know. Exactly. I'd say that, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't d- dislike that at all. But, of course, you always want the team contending. And with, the, with guys like Kane, Taze, Keith, you're always going to get like you're never gonna be able to tank with a team like the Blackhawks right now. Yeah. So real quick before we end, I guess this is just kind of a nice little uh, something or other to uh, end the show on. The hotels for the uh, hub cities have been released for whatever reason. Hotel X uh, in the east. These are the, I'm reading the eastern first. Hotel X. Uh, Boston, Tampa, Washington, Philly, and Pittsburgh are staying in. The Royal York belong to the Hurricanes of Carolina, the Islanders of New York, Toronto, Columbus, Florida, the Rangers, and the Montreal Canadiens. Those are the Eastern Conference hotel assignments. And the Western Hub City teams, the JW Marriott in Edmonton, uh, St. Louis, Colorado, Vegas, Dallas, Edmonton, and Nashville. And Sutton Place in Van in uh, Edmonton, uh, Vancouver, Calgary, Winnipeg, Minnesota, Arizona, and Chicago. That's so, interesting. You had, you had like five teams in Hotel X for the East, and then you had six in hotel in both hotels in the West. So that's a bit. Well, yeah, but, but yeah, but one of them one of them in the East is Montreal, and they're gone after the first round, so it doesn't really matter that much. Although. If, Montreal, if Montreal somehow manages to win that series against Pittsburgh, uh, I will take. I will not. I will not appear on a show on one show. Well, I think it's just interesting that Hotel X for the East had the top five, and Hotel or the and yeah, the I found that weird too. Marriott for the West had the top six. So I think yeah. it's pretty obvious though how they split up the teams. They did like the top X going here and the, the bottom X going here. So. They didn't make it comp. This not like uh, what the NBA did, NBA did with like Disneyland. Like, oh, this house gets these great. No, they just made it easy. Yeah. <laughs> I see a comment that says, "Good thing the Oilers and Flames aren't in the same hotel." That's, oh, a, yeah. that's a good point. I think on that note, that's a good way to end the show. Thank you, everybody, for listening to this episode of the podcast. Uh, be sure to follow us on Instagram at. Puck Talk Live. Be sure to find myself, Logan Rosengard, on Twitter at LJ Rosengard. Uh, updates, analysis, random things on my Twitter. Follow the show's page at Puck Talk Live on Instagram for show updates, etc. Rafi, why don't you plug your account? Rafi S8819. And Foster, why don't you plug yours? Noah underscore Foster 18. Hit us up with any questions, concerns, comments, things you want to hear on the show. Anything of the sort, we'll be glad to respond. Once again, thank you guys for listening to this episode of the pod. We will see you guys again on Tuesday. Thank you very much for listening. I repeated that twice, but that's okay. Have a good night, everybody.